All right, so with that, let's pray. Uh, move chairs quietly as we pray, and we'll be good to go. Uh, Father, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for... Um, you're just good to us, Lord. Uh, it's been a really good weekend. The, the weather's beautiful. Uh, you're, you're good to us, and uh, your church is awesome, uh, Lord. Just the fact that we get to be a part of anything that you're doing, let alone everything that you're doing. and um, You entrust us with so much, uh, and we really don't deserve any of it. Um, so, Lord, I do... Um, I just thank you for being a uh, Lord and allowing us to, uh, to, to find peace in that. And so, uh, Lord, you bless us uh, over and abundantly what we could even ask or think. And so, Lord, Lord, I do pray that you would speak to us today. Uh, just get the honor and the glory from everything that uh, I do say. And more importantly, some of the things that I don't say because there's things I want to say that I probably shouldn't say. And so, Lord, I pray you just uh, anoint my, uh, my tongue and allow it to be your words and not mine. So I pray you just speak to us in Christ's name. Amen. Okay. We're going through the family life study. You guys know what that is by now. If you don't, go back and listen to a previous week. I don't have time to talk about it, but it's just a quick study on uh, what is it that God has told me to do. Not me personally, but yes, me personally, every one of us <clears throat> in certain areas of our life. We've looked at several areas. We've looked at uh, just simply following God. we looked at being a spouse. we looked at uh, raising kids. If you've got kids, we've looked at... Uh, uh, working in the, the ministries, that, that is, I don't know, I'm, I've lost it now. Um, I feel like there's one more. Yeah, in ministry, and then today we're going to, I thought we were going to get through it, but I've already decided as I was putting all this together that maybe I won't. I really wanted to get through this, but uh, um, working, uh, today we're going to start looking at uh, just what it means to work in the world. That, basically, having a job. Uh, and what is it that God has told you to do as far as having a job? And then the last topic we'll hit on, uh, hopefully next week, but, uh, if not, maybe not next week, uh, is, um, uh, just kind of your social life. What does it look like to, you know, your, your friends, how God changes those things? We'll get into all that next week. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, I don't have a ton of time to do any kind of, uh, review because I just want to get to what God is showing me. Um, and so, the goal is to, the week that I come back after the, the marriage conference, uh, April 17th, uh, we will start the, the study of Jonah. March. March. My bad. I wrote April, but it's all good. Uh, so maybe I looked at it wrong. Anyway, whatever. The week after the marriage conference is, was, is my goal to start the, uh, the, the study of the book of Jonah. It may be one, uh, we'll see how quick I get through these last two weeks. So anyway, that's the goal. We're getting to Jonah because God is really downloaded some cool things to me about uh, the book of Jonah and how we can apply it to our life, even though, you know, New Testament, all those things. So so the question I have for you, just to kind of get all this going, um, some of you guys know I, I teach a class in HBI. I teach several classes in HBI, but right now I'm teaching a class in HBI on Thursday nights. It's on the book of Romans. And the book of Romans is, uh, it's amazing. We actually taught through Romans not very long ago. It's been a couple years now in Passpoint, but uh it's really, it's a lot to get through, you know, the HBI semesters, uh, they're semesters now, uh, so they go for 16 weeks. So I'm like, okay, that works out well. There's 16 chapters, 16 weeks, I'll just teach a chapter a night. Well, this, that's a lot to teach in an hour and a half. If you think that I talk fast in here, I'm telling you, the... I've got like 25 pages of notes on some of those chapters. It's as fast as I can read. It's like trying to uh, drink out of a fire hose. And, and there's just like that much. And then I want to slow down and really expound on things. And so anyway, I say all that to say, uh, I taught chapter 6 last week and we're going into chapter 7. And it just really applies to us in general. And when I say us, I mean uh, Christians, not just the age range that we are, because really... Passpoint isn't any one age range. I know that sometimes we like to say that we're the quote-unquote young adult class, but uh, I really like it that there's folks in here that aren't, well, mostly because I'm not young anymore, uh, but uh, we're not super uh, 
young in age, but we're young at heart. And basically what that means to me is, you know, the, the, the past point class in general, it just means that we're past the point of no return for Christ. I couldn't go back if I wanted to. I'm past that point. And so I don't really care how, how old we are. It doesn't mean that like we're going to change the name because I'm getting older. It is what it is. And I, I really like the past point class in the, in the sense of we're just trying to be real with what God is asking us to do. In, in all phases of life. And so anyway, uh, I just have a question to kind of get your minds going as we get into this section on, because nobody really likes to talk about what we're going to talk about today, uh, what it means to be a good employee, right, or employer. And it's like, yeah, we talked about that in D1 one time. Nobody really likes to hear it. I'm supposed to be content with how much money I make, and I'm supposed to, you know, do the things that God wants me to do at work. And I don't really like talking about those things, because whatever, it's just part of my life. Nobody really loves their job. I really like my job, but nobody really loves their job anymore, right? We just do it for for money. So as we start to head in that direction, and I'm not saying some people do like their jobs, but nobody really loves their job anymore. Um, that's well, we're actually going to talk about that tonight, not Meredith in, in specific, but just in, uh, the the uh, job description of a domestic engineer is it's huge, man. Uh, don't ever let anybody tell you you're a stay at home mom, ladies or guys that stay at home. Uh, you are a domestic engineer. Uh, the, and when people are like, what does that mean? Be like, yeah, just think on that for a while. Um, but anyway, um, I have a question. Are, are you fulfilling the will of God in your life? If I was just to simply ask you. Are you fulfilling the will of God in your life? You know, just something to think about. You're like, I would hope that the answer would be, well, yeah, right? You'd have to be pretty honest with yourself if you were like, no, I'm not. But to, to answer that question, the, you would have to really dive into it a little bit and say, well, what is the will of God for my life? And so I'm going to ask you, because I've told you guys this way too many times for somebody in here not to know it, what is the will of God for your life? Well, God, love you. <laughs> Pages. All right, this is this is getting good. Pages like trying to tell Abby the answer. Uh, Phil's giving me the Phil answer. Love God and love people. One of these days, it's going to be right. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's kind of like going into. It's, it's kind of like going in and teaching little lambs. God, Jesus, right? Love God and love people. That's right. Um, the will of God for your life. Maybe you should write this down because I know I've told you guys this a lot of times. If you're lost. What is it? Then what? <laughs> if you're lost, the will of God for your life is to get saved. That's the only will of God for your life if you're a lost person. God doesn't really care that you're a better husband or a better father or a better wife or a better... You might be like, well, that's kind of harsh. I'm just telling you the will of God for your life if you're lost is to get saved. You can, you can clean up your life. You can try to shine it up and everything else. But I'm telling you, eventually it's going to get dirty again. You got to get saved. Okay? So that's, that's basic. But... It's, you know, not 9 o'clock. It's 9.30 on a, on a Sunday morning, and it's really nice outside. You guys had every reason not to be here today, and you're here. So I'm assuming that you guys are saved, right? You guys are bought in. I can go around the room. I, I, I can say that with, with the surety, okay? Um, and if you're not, come, get, come talk to me because that's the most important thing. Okay, so um, if you're saved, the will of God for your life changes. But again, it's, Abby, the same for every person, Right? The will of God is the same for every person. If you are saved, the will of God for your life is to be sanctified. Now, what it looks like to be sanctified in your life looks a little different for everybody. We would call that the plan of God. The plan of God for you is to, you fill in the blank with your ministry, with whatever. But the will of God for your life is to either be saved or to be sanctified, right? And so that, 
is what I was teaching on. Uh, and so this is kind of just a devotional thought, but it ties into what we're talking about today. Is Romans 6 and 7 in general. Do you ever feel like... This is the conversation I have with myself sometimes. I've been saved for... Uh, we got saved the year that Hallie was born, so she's 15 now. She's getting ready to be 16. Lord, pray for me. Um, uh, but uh, anyway, so we've been saved for uh, 15 and a half years. 16. 16 years. Okay. 16 years, I said. That's, see? That's, that's why. Never mind. 16 years. We've been saved for 16 years. Almost like almost to the day. Okay. Hallelujah to you, man. Uh, 16 years we've been saved. Um, and there are still days in my life when I have this conversation with myself. Right? And, and it's an outward conversation. It's not like a, you know, sometimes you have a conversation in your head. No, I actually have this conversation. I work by myself most of the time. If, you know, Tyler's there, but a lot of times we're not working side by side. I'm like, self, why do I struggle with this? Like, I really do. I'm like, have this outward conversation. Like, why do I even think these things? Why do I do these things? I know of a certainty. I've been saved for 16 years. I know that I'm saved. I, there is no doubt in my mind that I am born again, that I am called out, that I have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of me. I know that. Why do I have these thoughts? Why do I want to do these things? Why do I still, when I hit my hand with a hammer, which is less often than it used to be, but well, I'm a carpenter, so uh, for the most part, some days, some days I'm something else, but uh, it, it just depends. Uh, you got to be like the Apostle Paul. You got to be all things to all men that you might get something done. Uh, I think that's, that's my version of that. So anyway, uh, yeah, <laughs> the message. <laughs> that's funny. Why do I, when I, when something happens, uh, I still have words that used to come out of my mouth, try to come out of my mouth. Why do I still do things that a lost man does? Right? Why do I still, what Romans talks about, struggle with my flesh? After 16 years, don't you think that my flesh would understand that, hey, there's a new, like, king in town, and his name is Jesus? We don't roll like that anymore. We don't talk like that. We don't think like that. Right? We don't have desires like that. We don't manipulate like all of those things. That's what Roman, we were just, I was just talking about this the other night, and I'm like, man, this is so, even in my life today, I've been saved for a long time. God has done a lot of things in my life. Not that I am, I'm, I'm not saying that like I've arrived by any means, gosh, no. But like, I should have some things figured out. Why do I still struggle? It's because I still have skin on. Right? And just because my heart was, well, not my heart, but my soul was cut away, it is preserved for eternity, I still battle with the flesh. I still want to sleep in on Sunday mornings, right? I still don't want to get up and read during the week. I still, all of those things, I still have flesh on. At some point, though, you have to say, hey, who's who's really in charge here? Because I know that you guys struggle with that. Maybe not as much as I do, but you guys still struggle with that at times. You have something in your life that's like, hey, I really want to get this reined in. Whatever it is, you fill in the blank. I don't know where you guys are at in your life. I actually do know where a lot of you guys are at in life, but I, I really want to get this area of my life reined in. Um, I just don't know what to do. You do. You absolutely know what to do. You're lying to yourself when you say, I don't know what to do. What you're saying is, I don't want to put the work into it that's going to actually bring the reward that I'm looking for. It's kind of like going to the gym. Anybody in here really like going to the gym? I, so, so Paige and I started uh, over a year ago. We decided, hey, we're just going to get some things figured out in life, and you know, get some things back on track. So, uh, we started uh, going to the gym, eating a little bit different, but not really, just going to the gym. And 
I still to this day don't really like going to the gym. I don't like it at all. The the worst feeling in the world is driving to the gym. <laughs> like, the, the worst part of my day, three days a week, if we can make it three days a week, is the drive to the gym. And all of the things, especially this time of year, all the things that I could be doing, that I would rather be doing, the worst is terrible. The worst part is like you get there and you pull in the parking lot and it's like, oh, now we're here. <laughs> oh, now we're opening the door. Yeah, so... But then the best feeling that I get, almost almost the best feeling I get throughout the week, is walking out of the gym. Because I know, not only did I do it, I, I succeeded, I did it, but I know it was good for me. I know that there's benefit in it. You know, and so here's the thing, though. We had to go to the gym for quite a while before I saw any results. I knew that I was doing it because I was supposed to, but it didn't feel like there was a whole lot of results happening, right? I'm like, I know that I'm supposed to do this, but, you know, it's... There weren't a lot of results. The same thing's going to happen with whatever it is. There was a lot of pain, right? And then if you miss a week, it's like you start all over again. It hurts all again. It's like, why do we do this? Okay. It's no different than whatever it is in your life that you're like, you know what? I really need to get this straightened up. I really need to get this reined in. The Word of God really needs to take control. The Holy Spirit that lives inside of me really needs to to take this. And it's going to be really hard at first. And the... The gumption of just getting there is just overwhelming. But once you start with the action, the worst part about reading my Bible in the mornings isn't reading my Bible. I actually really enjoy reading my Bible. It's the 10 minutes or hour, whatever it takes that day, of hitting snooze, getting out of bed, brushing my teeth, and getting from the bed to the couch where I can sit down and read, or the island or wherever it is. It's no different than going to the gym. The hardest part is just the simple act of obedience, right? The simple act of this is what I know I need to do. Holiness in your life, I read this in a book. This isn't from me. I wish I could tell you that it was from me. But holiness in your life, and I'm paraphrasing, it requires more than just the Holy Spirit inside of you. The Holy Spirit inside of you will do all of the work, but you have to take the first step. You have to be involved in your own holiness, right? A farmer can't just say, I really want to have good crops this year. He actually has to put seed in the ground and believe that God will do the work, right? Whatever it is, whatever analogy you want to use, what I'm saying is at some point, whatever it is in your life that you're like, I really need to get this figured out, it's going to take some obedience on your part. It's going to take some work on your part. Now, I I hate to be the guy that tells you that because nobody likes to hear that. Nobody likes to hear, oh, I've got to suffer my flesh. But yeah, if you want any kind of victory in any area of your life whatsoever, it's going to take work on your part. And if you don't want to put the work into it, well, then don't be surprised when there are zero results. And don't be mad at God, like most people are, because the Holy Spirit's broken. The Holy Spirit's not broken. It's like saying that your Bible's broken because you didn't pick it up and do anything with it. The Bible, you can't put it under your pillow and just hope that it's going to like gravitate into your brain. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> Something. It doesn't... You can't sprinkle it into your coffee, right? Because everybody drinks coffee. Like, you can't do that. It takes some something on your part. And so when you look at Romans 6 and 7, and you're like, why do I struggle with the things that I struggle with? And why do I do the things I'm not supposed to do? And why am I not doing the things I know I need to do? And I'm like, why is Dr. Seuss writing the book of Romans? And I don't understand what is happening here. It sounds all... It's because there are two people. There's the new you. Right? With the Holy Spirit inside of you. But then 
It's got the skin of the old you on. And you have to decide who's going to do what today. And the good news is, each day it gets easier. The bad news is, every day that you choose not to, it gets a little harder. You have to be the one who decides, which direction am I going to go in my life? This way or that way? And that ties perfectly into, and I just wasted, or not really wasted, maybe it was profitable, I don't know. I, I spent all that time saying, that ties perfectly in what we're doing with this, this uh, family life study. Because it's just the most basic of basic things that God said to do in whatever area it is in your life that he's called you to do. Just follow me, right? Just, just you fill in the blank. We've looked at all the things, okay? And so as we get into this today, um, and obviously we're not going to get done because I've only got 15 minutes left, so it's all good. Um, just think, think on those things, right? The Bible says whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever. Think on these things. When you're, when you're on your way to the gym, think on there'll be a day that I will feel good. Because if you're after your looks, who cares? It, the, the best part about going to the gym, speaking of the gym, is feeling better, right? The best part about uh, knowing that I got up and read today was the way that I feel the rest of the day, knowing that, you know what, I don't have that hanging over my head when I get home. Oh, now I've got to make time tonight to read because I do and didn't do it this morning and I've got this defeated attitude. And I know I got up and I did what I needed to do today, right? And so the best part about doing it is doing it. At some point, though, you've got to say, my flesh doesn't, it doesn't rain anymore. My flesh is just, it's along for the ride, and I get to decide what it feels like, what it looks like, because I'm not going that way anymore. There's a new king in town, and his name is Jesus, right? And so, less room there is between the muscle and the tighter. I don't even know what you're talking about, man. Okay, so here's what I've got to, as we get into this next section, uh, working in the world. Uh, I have five questions, and we won't get through them all today because I want to make sure, well, maybe we will, I don't know. Uh, five questions to ask yourself to reveal your heart on God's design for working in the world. Five questions that you can ask yourself, because I'm not here to be the Holy Spirit in your life. You have the Holy Spirit already. You get to decide if you're going to listen to the Holy Spirit. Five questions to ask, your, ask yourself to reveal your heart on God's design for working in the world. Anybody in here, like, just be like, I don't have to work, right? Even uh, stay-at-home moms, right, because everybody loves that. Uh, you have more to do than anybody who goes to work every day, right? The only person who has, who has more on their plate than an industrial, in, or I'm sorry, domestic engineer is a domestic engineer who works outside of the home as well because they still have to do all those other things when they get home. So anyway, I'm just, just throwing that out there. Uh, Five questions to ask yourself to your design. For working in the world. Sorry, really long title. I was tired this morning. Uh, everybody has to work. That's part of life, right? Anybody in here that's just like, you know what? I was born into a really wealthy family, so I just kind of I do what I want to do, right? I, that's just me. Even if you were born into a wealthy family, you better get your butt to work. It's a part of our. It's a part of all of our families, right? So single people, you're not in, you're not any different than the married people on this. You still gotta get up and you still gotta go provide for yourself, right? It's a part of all of our families. So don't you think that the Word of God would actually have some insight? You know, too often we're like, oh yeah, I want God's mind on God's things. But when it comes to those other things, like money, oh no, we keep that over here in its own little bucket. Uh, my job, oh that stays over here. We don't, we don't blend those two. Like, it's like separation of church and state. We can't have, we gotta have the separation of God and work. We can't have those things intermingle because oh my gosh, if we do, I'll actually have to start living godly. I mean, that's not what you really say, but that's what you mean, right? God's got a lot of insight on these things. 
A lot of times we just don't apply them because we're like, yeah, but you don't understand my situation. You're right, I don't. But I can give you six other ones that are harder. You just need to obey, right? I don't know who I'm talking to, so I'm just throwing that out there. So here's the first question you can ask yourself. Do I work for my boss? I'm sorry. Yeah, that's what it says. <laughs> Do I work for my boss or my comp? I, I can't. I, apparently, I was really tired. <laughs> Easy, Aaron. <laughs> I know what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to make sure I word it correctly. Uh, would I work, not do, would I work for my boss or my company differently if Jesus was my boss? Would I work for the guy that I work for? Because nobody likes their boss. They just, they just don't, right? You ought to meet the gal that I work for. Man, I'm telling you. <laughs> would I work for my boss or my company differently? If Jesus was my boss. Colossians, I got a couple verses, not, not, a, not a lot, but uh, uh, just some things to get some, get the blood pumping, right? Uh, Colossians chapter 3. <coughs> Colossians chapter 3, verses 22 to 24. So this is the passage where it says, Wives, submit to yourselves, your husbands, husbands, love your wives, all those things, right? And then it gets to verse 23. I'm sorry. 22. And it says, servants, well, nobody likes to think of yourself as a servant, especially at work. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, <clears throat> not with eye service as men pleasers. Isn't that what it's about at work? Just doing what the boss says to do, even if it's wrong, right? Isn't that what you say to do? No, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God, verse 23, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily, underline this if you're an underliner, as to the Lord and not unto men. Knowing, verse 24, that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. And you might be like, okay, I understand what you're saying, but I have yet to receive a paycheck from the Lord Jesus. And I still got to go and work and get my paycheck, right? We'll get there soon enough. It says, as unto the Lord. Right? I'm not asking you, is your boss worthy? Because I understand the answer. And isn't anybody in here going to be like, my boss is worthy? Uh, of the honor. But the Bible says, the Apostle Paul says, that you're supposed to do that as unto the Lord. Right? So, husbands, let me, uh, I'm going to speak to the husbands for a second. Because the wives, they get enough of this, and they're like, I I'm full to my ears with this passage that says, uh, I'm, you need to submit to your husband as unto the Lord. And we're like, man, if I have to hear that one more time, I already know it. Why do we keep talking about it, right? I get it. Like, I, I teach it enough times that I'm like, man, they've got to get tired of hearing this. Like, husbands, we hear that, and we're like, man, if my wife would really just buy into that. She does a really good job at it. And I'm not talking about my wife, because my wife, she really submits, right? But, like, we think if, if the wives, the wives, not my wife, if the wives would really grab a hold of this, right, and, and do this thing as unto the Lord, like, I get it, I'm not worthy. I know that. But if she would submit to me, even in my my stupidity, right, as unto the Lord, then I would, in in turn, be convicted and, like, but instead, and it's not my wife because my wife does this, but it, instead the wives are like, he's totally not worth it. Why would I do that? As soon as he does anything that's, that's worth submitting to, then, right? Even just one thing, then I might, okay, guys, I, I get where you're coming from. I think these things as well about, you know, just the church, not my wife, but just the church. Like if, if they would just get it, right? <laughs> 
if, if they would just get it. Okay. The, the same thing. Jesus is like, man, if these guys would just get it, if they would just go to work and submit as unto the Lord. And you're like, wait a minute, that's totally different. You're comparing apples to oranges here. No, I'm telling you, as dumb as your boss is, you act the same way in your marriage most of the time. It just happens. You just do. Right? For as unworthy as they are for the honor and the respect and the reverence and all of the things, you're probably just as un- un- unworthy. So when you think about this, guys, would, would you work differently? Would, you, would there be a little bit more of a, a work ethic? Would there be a little bit more of a... And I get it. Like, some of y'all work for some complete tools. Like, I just... I get it. There are some toolboxes out there. And, like, I, I've been there. I get it. The Bible doesn't say, except for, you know, the guy who works for that guy. It says, submit to him as unto the Lord. Would, would it be different? I don't know. I'm not... Maybe it wouldn't. Maybe you guys got this figured out. That's question number one. Let's get at least another one in here. Okay, question number two you can ask yourself... Pretty basic one. I really wanted to get to the end here, so you really have to come back next week to, to get the what, what I think is really good. But anyway, number two, does Jesus get glory from my work life? Does Jesus get glory from my work life? I understand. We're, we're like, yeah, I've got my life over here. It's my church life, right? We go to church. We, we minister. We do these things. I've even got my outside of church church life, right? Where we do discipleship and, you know, we meet with people and we do those things. And then I've got my family life over here, right? If, if, if it's really uh, a good week in the summertime, I've got my lake life where we get to actually go and spend a day on the lake. It's great. That's my favorite place in the world to go and be uh, with my wife at the lake, right? In this season of life, that's where it's at for me. I love to minister. I love to serve. I love to spend time with my wife, right? Anyway, so that's just kind of our place right now. Anyway, I say right now, it's been a long time since we've been in the lake. But anyway, it's still men out there. We, we, we get all these compartments, like, okay, this is, this is that part of my life, and this is that part of my life, and every now and then some of them overlap, right? Your family life, you know, mingles with ministry life, and all these different things, but, but nothing, nothing overlaps with work. Work is work. It's over there. It's in the back. It's in the back seat. It's down in the basement. Nobody likes to talk about it. The only thing that we like to think about work is, is it Friday yet? Right? Is, is the work week over yet? Can we just not talk about it? I don't want to think about it. Right? Uh, you go to the lost world, they want to drink their life away, trying to forget about it. They'll do anything they can to get away from nothing ever overlaps with your work life. Except for the fact that God says your work life and your ministry life are supposed to be one life. Right? It says that your work is your ministry. It says that, and you're like, wait a minute, I don't want to hear that. 1 Corinthians 10.31 most of you guys have heard this verse several times here just recently because we use it a lot for volleyball. Uh, but just in general, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31. Well, that's because that's chapter 11. That doesn't make sense. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I had some other things I wanted to tie into this, but uh, let's just get this. Uh, verse 31, he says, Whether therefore you eat or drink... Or whatsoever you do. So just in case I didn't need to go through, because a lot of times Paul will give you a list of this, 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 and this, or don't do this, this, this. He's like, just in case you, just whatever you do. It doesn't really matter if you're breathing, right? Whatever it is that you're doing, you're eating, you're drinking, or whatsoever you do, do all. Now again, if you're an underliner, maybe underline, circle, highlight, whatever you do, the word all. Because all means all. Uh, it doesn't really matter if you speak Greek or Hebrew or English or Spanish or anything else. All means all, right? Not poquito, not a little bit. All means all. 
all the time. Do all to the glory of God. Huh. Well, how does that verse... How does that work with my work life being over here, not not commingling with anything else? Because if my work life is over here and I don't want it to... I just want to get to Friday, right? That actually drives me crazy when people are like that. I like the weekend because I get to spend more time with my wife. But like the people who are just like, man, give me to Friday. Man, you're just like wishing the minutes of your life away. You know you've only got so many. What is the point? You might as well at least enjoy what you're doing right now, even if you don't enjoy it. Even if you're on your way to the gym, man, holy smokes. It's like, oh, I might as well enjoy it, right? I might not get to do this tomorrow. You never know. And so like, do all. How can you rectify, reconcile, that's a better word, not rectify. How can you reconcile in your little brain or big brain, maybe your brains are much larger than mine. Mine's a very little brain. How do you reconcile, do all to the glory of God, but work is all by itself? I just have to go and get through it because I says I'm supposed to provide. Those two attitudes don't mix. Not even a little bit. Does God get the glory from where he says, do it all for the glory of God? You might have 72 reasons. And I like the number 72. I don't know why. 72 is just a good round number, right? 72. You might have 72 reasons why your workplace isn't worth it. But guess what? Now you've got one that says that it is. What are you going to do with that? Right? What are you going to do when God comes rolling up in your life? I understand you're saved, right? I understand that you know you might not have an actual burning bush moment like Moses did, but uh, if you actually think about the way God works in your life, there are some moments in the Word of God where it's like, hey, this is really freaking crazy. It's like this thing is burning in front of me, but it's not consumed. God is definitely trying to get my attention right now. What am I going to do with that? How are you going to reconcile God saying, hey, I understand that this is written to somebody a long time ago. I understand that this is written to to a lot of people. But hey, this verse right here, you better listen to it, son. This verse right here, you better hear what I'm trying to say because you might have every reason in the world not to listen, but now you've got one. And it's like, well, now what do I do? What are you going to do when God comes rolling up? And you're like, yeah, I know I was supposed to do that, but. But but you don't understand. God, you're right. God doesn't understand. Except for if you read in the book of Hebrews, it says that he was touched with the feelings of our infirmities. You know what that means? It means that for everything that you ever did in your life, that you didn't do good enough, that you actually did follow through with sin, that you actually did have the wrong thoughts. It says that he had every one of those thoughts, yet without sin. There is nothing that you're going through. You're feeling, you are, you're, and you're like, he was, he, was a, he was a fisherman. No, he wasn't. He was a carpenter, even though I never read where he picked up a hammer. But, you know, he says he's a carpenter, okay? So, he's, he's the carpenter's son. This really hits home to me, okay? I never, what are you going to do when it says, hey, I know it's hard, but I went through it as well. So, you're going to tell me it's too hard? You're going to tell me you can't? Because I did. That's what Jesus says. Now I understand we, we, you know, we take the, the reconciliation, the propitiation, the, the really big fancy words. I like to call it the swippity swap of Christ. Basically, he takes your sinful life and you take his, his really good. I like to really make it to where something I can understand. We do that and you, know, you do the, like the, the little swippity swap and hey, I've got the perfect blood of Christ in me now and now he's got my tainted blood. He put it all on the cross. I understand all of that. But how do you reconcile that with those areas of your life that you're like, yeah, but. Guess what? There are no yeah, but areas in your life with God. He says, hey, are you going to give it to me or not? Right? And we haven't even got to the good part about, you know, we start talking about the dollar bills, y'all. Right? Because that's what everybody wants to talk about. You know, we'll get there. Because there's three more that we're going to talk about the dollar bills. 
But maybe that's just as far as God wanted us to go because... Let me, let me just ask you one more question. I know it's, it's past time. This kind of finishes up this point and ties in on the next one. Let me ask you a question. If God is God, just something to think about this week. Because I know sometimes you're like, you guys, you wouldn't say this, but you're like Miriam and Aaron. Sometimes you're like, I get it that God is using you, Jason, but don't you think he could reveal these things to me in a much easier way? Don't you think that God could use me as well? That's what Miriam and Aaron did. God wasn't super cool with that anyway, by the way, but I'm not, anyway. Uh, let me ask you a question. If God is God, couldn't he have given us money in a different way than having to go to work? Right? He's God. God's got a really good design on a lot of things. Think about the way he designed a lot of things. You know, he designed a marriage, right? He designed a way to procreate. I'm a big fan of that one, right? He designed a, a way for uh, us to, you know, serve in ministry. He designed a way for us to do really anything. God, God designed all of those things. Don't you think that in God's infinite wisdom, he could have been like, you know what? I, these people, they don't really like working. And really, they're not that good at it. Right? There's very few people that are good at their jobs anymore. I'm just, I'm just saying. Uh, not, not you guys, but just the, the world. There's very, don't you think that God could have been like, you know what? Uh, well, you know what we're gonna do? I got this garden full of trees. There's the knowledge of tree of good and evil. There's the, you know, the, this, this tree over here. There's a tree over there. I'll just give everybody a money tree. Right? Right? And then it'll be just great. Or, or, you know, what about, you know, why he gave the nation of the, the nation of Israel, like, we're hungry. He's like, okay, I'll, I'll give you manna. Just go out and collect what you need every day. Well, well, God, where's the manna cash at? Right? Like, I'll just go out and, like, I just, I'll collect just what I need. Because, you know, I would never be one that's like, hey, I'm going to grab a couple extra here. I'll get just what I need. Don't you think that if God would have thought there was a better way, he would have done it that way? Don't you think God probably had a good reason for the way doing it the way that he did it? I mean, what if... Now, I know, this is a big what if. Hypothetical. But what if God actually knew what he was doing all along? Hypothetical. Like, what if he knew the entire time that this is what I need these people to do? Because it's going to grow them. What if he saw... not, not if he. What if, what if you saw? Now think of it. This is the last thing I'm going to ask you, and you can be done, because this is really going to be like I'm not even coming back. What if, what if you saw your paycheck as simply a fringe benefit of all the ministry you got to do at work? What if, what if the paycheck was just like that's just an added bonus of all these people that I got to meet, all these, all the, all the stuff that I got to do for God at work? What if? I don't know. Let's pray. I got lots more to say, but that's as far as we're going to get today. Father, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for being good to us. And uh, Lord, you are you are so good to us. Even though we come up with every reason why we can't, we shouldn't, we won't. Um, God, you still you're just forbearing. You're long suffering, and uh, Lord, you do suffer long with some of us, me in particular. Lord, I pray that you would just speak to us today. Uh, as we go into main service, that you would really get the, the honor and the glory from our lives, not just in our church life, not just in our family life today, but as we go to work tomorrow, whatever it is that you call us to do. And um, there's a lot of things I still want to I want to wrap up with this. There's there's so many of us that have jobs that aren't jobs, but they're more important than the normal jobs and all the things, Lord. But I, I pray you just maybe convict our hearts just a little bit on something that was said today, Lord, because a lot of these things I, I wanted to say and I didn't. So I pray that you these would have been your things, and God, that you would. 
you would really just call us to be sanctified. Call us to actually suffer our flesh just a little bit so that you could actually get some glory from our life. Um, Lord, what if we were simply obedient? Uh, send us out this week as lights in a dark world. You get all the honor, honor and glory from our lives. In Christ's name, amen. All right, thanks, guys. Sorry for going over.